0: Ready? Okay. Go for it, Alan.
1: All right. Friday afternoon deploy is recorded at the offices of the Lofty Lab here in the Mill District, Fayetteville, Arkansas. That was good, except the name <laughs> of our company. <laughs> <laughs> it it's nice plural. I what did I it's, it's Lofty Labs.
0: <laughs> what did I say Lofty <laughs> Labs. Keep, lab. keep rolling. Oh man, we're back. Just like that. Here we are. It feels instantaneous. Another Friday. Yeah. Uh, so we had a lot of fun doing the last episode. We did a friends and family round, and uh, so far, nobody's talked us out of it. Uh, so we're going to do it again. Uh, so I'm, I'm Casey Kinsey again, again, the uh, CEO of Lofty Labs here in Fayetteville. Uh, and I've got Alan Fraley, joins us again on my left. Hello. And on my right, I've got uh, Ben Davis, who is our uh, COO and partner here at Lofty Labs. Hello.
2: Say hello, Ben. I, I, uh, I didn't... I, I was here for part of the last episode, but I was so profoundly bored. <laughs> I had to go take the trash out. Ben
0: walked in. He's like...
1: Yeah. He, he put down his drywall knife just long enough to sit in on the show. You know, he's
0: always today. got some, like, extracurricular activities <laughs> hair, around hair, the office. Hair brain scheme. Today was no different. There's, like, debris all over the lobby. I don't know why he was cutting holes so, He's got drywall
2: well, in well, it's his hair, rock. Though. You know, it's a
0: drywall knife, but it's sheetrock, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Mm. And across the table on the far end is uh, Hayden Lukenbach. Hello, hello, Hayden. Hayden was with us last time, but I don't think you didn't get a lot of mic time. We could hear you back there.
3: Yeah. Now no, you got. I laughed profusely at celery man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So,
0: mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's that's the group, and you know we've we've talked around, kind of discussed the format with some other people in our community, and uh, the plan is, you know, we're gonna have at least at least three people from our team. And uh, mic number four is going to be swappable. So, we're looking for anyone that works in this industry, if you're local to the area, to come sit down with us and uh, talk shop on, on that kind of rotating seat. So, we've already got some people interested, by the way. This is, this we, uh, we've already got a booking for, for the guest mic slot. Uh, I think a few good opinions.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> but also, just show up. We have like, you know, some cage fighting in the lobby. Thank Is that know, what's that, going on that, out there?
3: the just scratching so. on the concrete. Or if a... you know how to crochet. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: <laughs> That'll get you in. Uh, yeah, so, man, same as last time. we got a couple topics. Um, I think that uh, I'm just going to come right out of the gun with the one that I was most excited about. It kind of keeps with the theme of maybe something we talked about last week. Mm. Uh, but... Um, Oh, and Tyrell couldn't be with us today, so Tyrell's out. He's in the Deer Woods. He totally surprised me with this. I got a I got a vacation request from Tyrell that just the the context would just said "duh Deer Woods," and I was like, <laughs> I was like, no way, with "da" and everything. "Duh Deer Woods," I believe. So I I couldn't tell if it was like tongue and cheek or not, but I approved it. He, yeah,
1: he's he's totally serious about it. I I was a little surprised, and so I asked him about it. Um, he's he's been a bow hunter so far. And to be clear, um, he said he's, he's a hunter, but he has not actually taken, he has not harvested a deer yet. And then you sold him out on this show. I did. But, <laughs> but to be clear, I'll, I'll back up my supporting statement that I gave him at the time. Of I mean, it is called deer hunting. So you, if you've been on the hunt, you know the hunt. You've been on it. It's not know. called deer killing. This is correct. And uh, so this year, though, he, he, this will be the first year he's participating in Modern Gun season. So interesting. Yeah, I too have not killed a deer with a bow. So so he may get his first his first uh take. The year. only
0: time I've ever killed a deer was at an arcade game at a movie theater. Oh I
1: thought you were gonna say with your Toyota Corolla. Well hmm. as far
0: as I know he survived. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sauntered off. I don't drive a Corolla. Well you might have. Though. It's it's a Scion T C it's no. a Camry, it's, basically. It's still a Toyota.
2: Basically, <laughs> it's nice. a Toyota three series.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, I, I thought this was funny, and I was like, only here, right? Like, if if you were to do, if you were to talk to to software engineers in, in Silicon Valley, I bet I bet none of them take take a Friday to go out in the deer woods. Yeah. Well,
2: I, I didn't know that he was, in fact, hunting. I thought maybe he was just in a hammock taking in some old English literature.
0: To be clear, I'm not sure the distinction. I, I haven't gone out on the hunt, but I do imagine there's a good bit of leisure that happens out there.
1: Oh, totally. It's, you know, it's one of those things that I remember, um, you know, explaining to some of my young comrades as we were growing up, like, um, you know, we're going to go fishing, mm. and and, you know, we'll drink some beer while we're fishing. But we're going to go fishing. Yeah. Sorry. we're <laughs> That was the we're fish down in, in the well. well. <laughs> 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 it's
2: really about the the whiskey and the kickball. You know, that's uh, yeah. the, the whiskey, the kickball,
0: the ladybugs. Spoken by <laughs> a like, You can tell Ben's from West Virginia. Chicago, thank you. <laughs> Wash your mouth.
2: He was so quick.
0: <laughs> so quick. Oh, uh, man. So that's cool. But So Tyrell's not here, but he did have a topic for us. He did. And I love it. Uh, It all comes back Mm -hmm. to to this uh, Twitter tweet. By the way, we are keeping show notes for all episodes, uh, so we'll have some links for this. But uh, uh, it comes back to Twitter. Someone had compiled a list of uh, instances of artificial intelligence doing specifically what creators specified, but not what they actually meant.
1: Be careful what you ask for.
0: You know, we have a saying here. Our, in fact, the company blog is branded after it, which is, I'll let Alan say it, because I think you brought it to us. The, the machines are still subservient. That's right. And like, uh, it turns out that they do exactly what we instruct
1: them to. Painfully mm-hmm. so sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. so. It's kind of like
0: writing C, right? Like you don't get
2: a lot for free. They do. Ex- it does exactly what you tell it to do. Well, and,
0: and also like the uh, the instructions are quite literal, right? And so often something's broken. We feel like the machines have cheated us, right? Yeah. What's going on? It's not supposed to be this way. And then ultimately it always comes out to like, oh, no, it's doing exactly
1: as I configured it. Literally to do it. what I said. Like, uh, I I know, you know, if if you don't write software, like a good analogy is kind of in the kitchen. If, you know, you're, you're looking at a recipe and there's a lot we take for granted. And that's where we, we kind of blame the machines when they don't do what we think we told them to do, but they do literally that. And that's, you know, crack two eggs and, you know, and, and put in a, a cup of flour and it's going to be banging the cup against the bag of flour
0: right. and <laughs> yeah. never get
1: started. And you're like, what, what happened? I don't know. There's a bag here with flour in it. So you, you literally have to tell the machine, you know, open the, open the bag of flour so. I, I so
0: this this list is uh, it's it's there's a good couple entries on it and there and it like kind of cites the authors of the AI these go back into the 90s. Um, and some of them have like original sources that you can look at in YouTube videos, so there's supporting information. But this, it's a fun list to go through. And one of, one of my favorite. Did you have a favorite? No,
1: I was going to say please read us read us a, uh, at least one or two.
0: Well, there was uh, there was there was one the first one on the list. Um, it was an evolved algorithm for aircraft landing that. Uh, Uh, Exploited overflow errors in the physics simulator by creating large forces that were estimated to be zero, resulting in a perfect score. So it just it bent the rules of how the simulator was was calculating some values and gained the system by uh, creating like you know unearthly forces uh, in its in its playing of the game essentially. New new physics, yeah, and uh, and use that because you know it had a had a scoring algorithm that was like based on you know. Like, I, I don't know exactly in this case how it was scored. It resulted in a perfect score, but it, it caused you know, those, those sort of things, which is perfect. You tell the algorithm, like, here is the system. Here are the constraints. Do the best you can possibly do. And it's like, cool. Got it. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to change the rules. I mean, hey, well, or, or like you left a loophole yeah. and, and now I have very efficiently found an exploit for it. Um so one of maybe something that's a little more tangible is uh, uh, in 2013, uh, someone built an AI to play Tetris, uh, and the the way they were scoring the algorithm was the amount of time that the AI was playing the game in which it didn't lose. And the algorithm, the, the model converged on a technique in which it immediately pauses
1: the game and never loses. <laughs> AI is an eight-year-old. That's
0: exactly <laughs> it right. T- it takes its ball and goes home. This is my favorite thing about... Uh, yeah, I, you, you say AI is an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. I think that AI is actually at the pinnacle. And what we realize is that just being a complete asshole is not a human construct. It's like a natural state of the universe. And that's what the AI is. The path of least resistance, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a fourth law of thermodynamics maybe is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what the AI did was like, cool. Go as long as I can without losing. Pause the game. I like the one (laughs) next, (laughs) next next challenge.
1: (laughs) I like the one where creatures spread for speed, grow really tall and generate high velocities by falling over.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: Who needs a cheetah, you know?
0: <laughs> it's it's 40 miles tall and fell very rapidly. Yeah, so there's like a whole bunch of these, but like it's it's fun to see. Um, and, and this is not that long of a list. I mean, to be clear, there's probably uh, 20, 25 documented items in here, but you know this happens constantly, mm. especially with like how much AI is being generated out there. You build like a naive scoring algorithm and it exploits the few number of constraints you put in front of it maybe um and and that's what like ai really does right is find shortcut solutions to problems given the constraints you give it and uh no it's it's pretty fascinating but i love that so many of these the outcome is that AI is just a total total dick about it yeah a
2: a four-legged evolved agent trained to carry a ball on its back discovers that it can drop the ball into a leg joint and then wiggle its way across the floor without the ball ever dropping.
0: Uh, these are great. Uh, like, yeah. the, the
2: movement sounds horrifying
0: too. It's yeah. one of
2: those like the the, indu- the industrial military dogs that you see that are like oh yeah, I know just what you're talking about absolutely horrifying. What is to
0: that? Watch. What is that? The company that that has the they're working on like, it's like bipedal Israeli or something. It's there's there's a it's uh, Boston Dynamics is the one I'm thinking mm. of that have the, like the cheetah style mm. ones with might the, be, yeah yeah they, and
2: you see them like climbing a hill yeah and it's like mm,
0: it's just, terrifying. It's like a headless like like a like a wild hog mixed with a cheetah and and like for whatever reason they engineer it where the joints are backward from what we'd expect so their knees go in and it's just like horrifying watching them sk- you I think- haven't seen hayden's
1: <laughs> i'm grossing him out no there's a there's a black mirror episode i think in in uh next to last season that makes this truly horrifying that, okay, I was yeah, I
0: was like, all did you I'll see say. me? I was standing by with like a spoiler alert because we do have to disclose that in the show notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's all I'm going to say. You need
2: a clapboard for that. Now, the the scariest thing I think about the design of the Boston Dynamics ones is it's it's not so much that they don't have a head; it's that because they don't have a head, it looks like they could go in either direction just as easily and mm-hmm. that they could turn on a dime. You're not quite sure where they're going next.
0: Here's a, here's a picture of an Allen. That have you seen that guy?
1: Yeah, that's that's totally that's the that's <laughs> the Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah,
0: so those are fun, but but terrifying. Yeah. yeah, that's what that movement did sound like. Mm. It's very inhuman. I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's a
1: because they could totally you know hold one up with with one paw, if you will, one leg, right? And then and then just three leg it the rest of the way. I could totally, it's totally a, an AI move there. Nice,
0: like yeah. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find, it like, if there's an example. I don't know exactly. This is one that you, there, there's source code to look at uh, and some other documentation. But I can I can't get where it's coming from. This was a pancake simulation. A simulated pancake-making robot learned to throw the pancake as high in the air as possible in order to maximize time away from the ground. So somehow they were scoring the pancake-making somehow with time in contact with, like, the... Uh, with the griddle or something like that and so the robot just like flings it 40 miles <laughs> <laughs> hey, not the robot but the AI
2: a- AI is either an 8 year old or Holden Caulfield uh, like from The Catcher in the Rye oh, so, Yeah, yeah uh,
1: it's a very mm-hmm. advanced 8 year old mm-hmm. mind you
0: yeah it's extremely smart 8 year old yeah like maybe not Maybe not like with the maturity level of an eight-year-old, with, but with the advanced knowledge of, of, you know, beyond an adult human, which, which means th- that it can it can be a dickhead in in, in like totally un, un 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 before never seen kind of ways.
1: Yeah, you know? uh, Assuming you've seen you've seen Terminator, you know that's that's Skynet. Skynet was just an eight-year-old. A willingness oh, to be truly awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> emp- <laughs> empowered. With uh, like with with the whole military yeah. of a country, <laughs> yes, and pancakes and pancakes and a griddle. So these are fun. Mm.
0: You should take a look at that that link in the show notes. But that uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the state of AI. Yeah. Is that given on a long enough timeline, they evolve into just being uh,
1: total pricks.
2: <laughs> Pour one out
0: for the future
2: victims of the Boston Dynamics dog.
1: Evolved player makes invalid <laughs> moves far away in the board, causing opponent players to run out of memory and crash.
0: Oh, that's fun! Mm-hmm.
1: So this is one that like <laughs> it beat the game
0: by like actually just exploiting other players and, and cause it exploited a bug in the clients of other players of the game to yeah. kill them. It's pretty amazing. That's kind of what a lot of these a lot of these ones that are game based seem very much like AIs would be really really good at uh, like. Kind of understanding the network. Well, I was thinking just detecting exploitable bugs. Like, if you're Mm. worried about a multiplayer game. Mm
1: -hmm. um, Yeah, that's a good point. If
0: you're worried about, maybe this is, I'm I'm speculating, but maybe a practical application here is you've got a multiplayer game and you want to make sure that it's not hackable and exploitable. Just turn a neural network loose on it with, like, almost no constraints except, like either you win or everyone else loses and just see what it comes up with. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause clearly there's a couple, there's actually a couple documented cases in here of, of exact, that wasn't the intent, but that was the outcome. So, mm-hmm. so go for it, play the game win at whatever means necessary.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that's a good point. So, uh,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. So I've got, uh, maybe, maybe kind of a, a, a next topic, uh, you guys, I, I kind of missed this conversation. You'll have to catch me up. But I know Hayden and Alan today, uh, we're having a long discussion
1: on all, these, all this flux-based stuff. Redux, yes, re- MobX. Redux, MobX, React, Async, and why flux hurts the brain. Is that the
0: official topic?
1: Yes, yeah, that's, that's the topic of this segment, yeah.
0: Oh, man. So what you so guys official. are living in that world mm. right now. Uh, where, where are you at?
1: Uh, still trying to figure flux out, you know? Yeah. That, uh, I'm not. <laughs> No? You, is because you, you, you figured it out
3: or you've yeah. given up on it? Past it. Uh, because I never started. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to survive in that world. I yeah. don't know. Um, I mean, it just seems to me like Redux and yeah. MobX have taken flux and they've kind of tried to abstract it in a way that's easier to understand, although still somewhat complicated, um, which is probably a testament to how complicated flux in and of itself is, but, but yeah, I just haven't even made a attempt to read anything about flux just because redux and MobX have tried to make it easier.
0: All right. So, so educate me and maybe someone else that's not like, cause I'm, I'm not, this is like one area of, of the dev world that's slowly started to pass me by as I do less dev and yeah. more trying to sell dev. But like um, where so Flux is like the sort of underlying architecture and concept of like a, um, a kind of an event-based state management. Yeah, is that, totally. a, is that a good
1: way to describe it? it yeah, it is. It's, it's so it's you know you, you think of like like the old design pattern you know that granddad Java right. helped us probably develop um, and and pretty sure predates Java even. But uh, MVC right? So sure. you got a model view controller. Um, and, and coming from that world, which there's, there's a lot of different, um, you know, avenues coming from that world, different, different languages and stuff, um, especially on the back end. Um, and, and flux, you know, that's, I was trying to understand that to, to maybe help me really kind of make a choice about like Redux versus MobX, um, and, uh. You know, Flux, and I don't really understand it as much as I want to yet. I hope I do maybe. That's kind of scary. But um, I'm also kind of holding out that there will be something better maybe that will come along. Um, and, and, and hoping we haven't run so far that that's the only thing we have to do. But in event-driven architecture, I guess Flux does kind of make sense. And it's basically everything's in Flux. Everything's in, in motion, so, you know, the state of the application could change, and it could change from... from
0: it's, it's not in, like, one direction in which it changes. It. It's not by one single mechanism by which it changes, Exactly. Right? Anything can change the state, and thus everything must react to changes in state.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so that's kind of, like Hayden was saying, MobX and, and Redux are, are kind of trying to solve that by giving us the tools to be able to grab... Um, those events as they happen, wherever they happen, and and to be able to um, have that affect the global state. And so I, I think the way, if I understand Redux, which which is a, a limited understanding, um, admittedly, but it's um, the state is immutable basically. And so you know, you you in your reducer, you have your initial state, and then. You know that that in practice, in theory, never changes, and so you just, you a cha- just have an like event a chain happens. of
0: mutations on that state, right? but
1: but not that state. It's like a whole new state, right. it's, it's, and that's the part that's tough to wrap my brain around. I'm, I'm thinking of a the controller is going to handle changes on the model. The model's mutable. It's fine but you know it's it's kind of another thinking of like the initial state is is the true state and then you get these new states the app is in flux so it's it's state you know it takes on a new state
0: so so like your 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 comparison to mvc is that it, it's I mean, is it is it inherently incompatible with MVC, or is it like MVC in as much as it gives you like a kind of an organization, and MVC gives you sort of a delegation of uh, responsibility? Right, this this component of your code must uh implement business logic data access happens here and presentation of that happens in the template or in the in the view
1: layer I would I would say flux isn't really quite doing that maybe and again that might be my lack of understanding but redux is is and MobX are trying to do that
0: got it okay and so redux is a react implementation of flux what is MobX though
1: MobX is is something similar but um I I think it a good way to describe it is it's less opinionated about how you should handle these changes of state in flux. So MobX to me feels a little bit more like MVC. So you you kind of get you get this model, and you know let's let's just visualize a um, ES6 class right, and then you have these fields on it and It's taking advantage of of this, hopefully it kind of takes hold, but there's this decorator um, implementation that is totally experimental in JavaScript right now. Um, And so you can use these decorators, though, to declare fields on a model, we'll call it, and make them observable. So that can, you know, basically, whenever you can change them, from different components within your application, it fires an event that something else is observing, and yeah, and
0: exactly. reactions to it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, and I wonder, like, you know, um, the last time I personally built like a large front-end application, it was actually an Ember. I love that. I love that you bring this up because I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about like is is, is Flux because because Ember was very. I mean, it's Ember, right? So, and, hey, Hayden, have you worked with Ember? Because you you'd love it. Just I was telling him it, that earlier. It, right? Briefly, it's 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 rails in the browser.
3: There was uh, like that one little tiny feature that I built. Yeah, in it, but it wasn't long enough to even like crack the surface of what Ember it's, is. It does a lot. So so Ember is MVC.
1: Ember Exactly right know, yeah.
0: Yeah. with its MVC with additional layers with a component based architecture and with like routing and things like that, that it is need. but but but, but, but fundamentally not, it has
1: models controllers and views exactly right? so it's not following flux and and so that's a but, thing but but it
0: see but it, what it does have is is part of that architecture is it's it's not really see, it's not really an architecture that's kind of what i'm getting at it's mm. like can flux work with MVC because ember does have this concept of the flow of data through the application because it's asynchronous, right? Because right. because it's event-driven of what they call data down actions up. Yeah. So you get data at the topmost layer of the onion, if you will, up in your routing layer, yep. is where you like query your models and, and interface with an API, and you push that data all the way down into components, and if a component wants to you know, change the state of the application. It does it by emitting an action. Yep. And actions, actions. You know, your router can't send an action to your controller, and your controller can't send an action to your component. Instead, it can push data down through the data model, uh, and then anywhere. You know, then an action is emitted, it bubbles up towards the top. So, you know, it, it organizes things, and it, and it gives you a way with dealing with asynchrony that that feels. Like well, like with all asynchronous code, mostly unless we're doing I/O, we're actually just fighting really hard to make it synchronous, and that's what it does. It just gives you a flow. Like here's yeah. here's the stream of data, or, you know, to th- to throw actions into so that they go in the right place. But it creates this. I hated it because. You're constantly like, jumping through hoops of like, I need to pass all this data all the way down to the bottom, and then I'm at the bottom, and I, I just want to do something at the router level and change the next query that happens. But I have to like, actually, you have to actually go jump through hoops and like, take as a parameter and pass that action all the way up the application, which Absolutely. I, every, I complained about it. every time you needed to like, make a change in the, in the app like, to one component, you had to edit like, no less than 15
1: files to do it. And, and fundamentally, that's the same. So, oh, great. So, <laughs> so it's getting better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so basically, you know, and I'm glad I kind of got I kind of cut my teeth on on Ember as far as that goes, because it did give me a f- basically just familiar terms, if nothing else. So I'm like, OK, so, you know, where am I? Where do I handle changes to, to the data, to my models? So, you know, first off, it does actually give you models. You set up your adapter to talk to the API. And then you, you know, you might have a user model that mirrors your back-end user model right. and the controller, right? The controller's kinda at the end of the day, everything's gonna bubble bubble up to your controller and that's gonna handle events and, and changes to the model. Um, and so that's that's pretty much the same with Redux. It's just it's a different language. So like you have the reducer, everything bubbles up to the reducer that handles your events and uh, and and changes in global state. Uh, there um, so yeah it just it kind of looks different and and it's interesting diving deep into Redux made me kind of go back and, and look at ember a little bit but to answer your question I guess if it was a question I think you had a question in there like redux Redux will in fact plug into and they they they, they Advertise this in their documentation. We'll plug into Ember.
0: Oh, okay. So, so, so yeah. So it it does stand independent of MVC. It's something that can be layered on top of it, or at least yeah. It sounds like Redux is maybe even more and,
1: geared to it, and it may be you know just a way to handle these problems uh, developed by by engineers and and developers that just basically. Uh, either didn't like or don't know about MVC, or was just like you know it doesn't matter. Is it time to start picking on JavaScript developers? Uh, I made a bet with Ben that I was going to at least wait five minutes. Oh, we're 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 twenty eight minutes. Oh, in good. Yeah, if you, if you right. count if you count
0: like all the takes that we
1: did on the cold <laughs> open, loose, like yeah, we're we're
2: way in. Uh, let, let loose, um, but it is nearly bedtime.
0: Do they teach? Uh, I don't think they teach MVC in like in like five and a half week. Learn to be a developer boot camps. I don't, I, don't I don't think, think so. Do.
1: No, you know, because uh, that was a
0: joke,
2: by the way.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: what, about, what about like university affiliated? Uh, no,
3: they do. They they, no, NBC totally. NBC.
0: See, you did. I, yeah. I went there to. You, you went to a
1: real college. <laughs> yeah. I went to a trade school. Uh, <laughs> did they teach it? They taught NBC there too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That and that's kind of where I, I learned about it. And um, you know, I remember reading a textbook like this image of, of someone at a switchboard you know, like handling all that, like a dispatcher, and and they're like, here's your controller, you know? And so then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, and, and so there you go. Whatever you call it, it's dispatching, it's getting an event and, you know, dispatching the, the changes in state or whatever. I bet they had a hard time, like,
0: carrying that analogy all the way through using the television system, telephone system. And the view is, yeah. uh, mm, well, it's, mm, it's like the phone that you hold up to your ear, I guess. Right,
1: Because right. uh, the
0: sounds that it makes. Uh.
1: you know, I don't know <laughs> for sure. That's your interface. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe it goes back that far to, like, you know, essentially that. That, uh, you know, I, I know so goes, much
0: of computing, especially like network computing, of course, yeah. goes back to the phone companies. And absolutely. So I haven't seen you guys talked about in the last episode. I, I'm going to try really hard not to make this episode just be a recap of last episode. But this won't be the last time it happens. But yeah. I, I haven't seen the Erlang movie. That I, comes from the
1: I watched like 30 seconds of it. And it's it's on my list of things to watch. Got that, it. Yeah. Um, but it
0: came from the telephone industry, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So there, there's a documentary that uh, Tyrell shared with me, um, and we'll we'll try to find uh, a link to that somewhere. I think it's on YouTube we'll, now.
2: We'll take a break here. We'll take a breather and watch it. And um, we're back. Yeah, uh,
1: and it's totally <laughs> worth watching. Podcast magic.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, actually, before before I get us too far on this topic, I'm, I'm curious Hayden's take because you're working on a React Native project right now. Yeah. So are you? Did have you just? Like like, are you going
3: without flux or something like it? Or what do you, what are you, um, for right now, that's what I was spending today on just kind of this is turning into a status. Of, hey, what'd you work on today? <laughs> <laughs> it's our daily standup yeah. our weekly standup. I and mean, it is what I worked on today. I was trying to decide like, you know, is what I'm working on complicated enough that it actually needs Redux or MobX or something similar to that. Um, I think I've kind of resolved to try and do it without it without, for now. Yeah. Um but it's just a it's such a common problem that I feel like I run into like oh I have this interface this interface has all of these options on it okay I need to track the available options versus the options that the user has selected. I then need to figure out some way to serialize those selected options to the back end in a way where I don't have to like rename all the keys of the object yep. and yep. do all this crazy stuff so it's trying to find the simplest way to solve that problem without it, having to make it super complicated.
0: everyone that's talked to me about the the how and the why of why you would use it always cites like some point of complexity right if you're going to build a single page application of any you know like scale of of whatever some arbitrary size and bigger you need some sort of state management tool but i don't know what that actual point is
3: yeah
1: yeah you know i mean at least like you know usually the if if you have a user session to keep up with that's kind of maybe when i start to definitely ask that question of myself hayden earlier though said you know and i forget and we it may be lost forever but it was was kind of very poetic in in as yes and as much as um like you know architecting something on the back end and then trying to reflect that in the front end as painlessly as possible um I don't remember. Yeah, it's definitely gone forever. I totally <laughs> paraphrased it. So that's the best we got that's to, a to record d- that. Deeply but. Buddhist. Yes, and, it's uh,
2: the second arrow,
1: and you know. S- and so here it comes. This is our discontent with usually with JavaScript, which we're having you know to use on the front end. Is that, and I think that's where the grudge comes from. Because like you know, I, I make because we've fun. already done it so well on the back end. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my my model is great. I understand it. I understand the changes that will come. Why does it even
2: need an interface?
1: You know exactly.
2: We I know that we we frequently ask the client: Does this require? An interface.
0: In fact, Alan just dropped a blade in the in the <laughs> studio. Well, I heard well, the sound uh, when I looked down. It was my, purely
2: coincidental. I, now, I, like I, I started
0: talking about JavaScript <laughs> my, just knife, a knife my knife falls out.
2: <laughs> I, I was trying not to, to post too large of an operate uh, an interruption. But can you, you, you pass me that right there? Well, that uh, right uh, right item there.
0: So since we're dropping you, knives, do you, do you need the bottle opener? Uh, Is that what's uh, happened? Uh, that's, uh, I wish that we were live streaming video with oh, we're gonna we're that. we're going to come. That pass was really good. It was, it was like almost like the creation of man <laughs> was yes. happening across the, yeah. across the table right there. That,
1: oh, that was the creation.
0: right. <laughs> high quality, high production quality here. Did you notice that I had a, a pop on the top of a beer soundboard that I hooked up <laughs> to the today? We, you know, I need a soundboard. I think that I could really take the cheese level, like kind of yeah. off the chart. Oh, 90s so, like, sitcom laugh track. I didn't oh. even thought about that. I yes. was I was kinda I was kinda hearkening back to my childhood being raised on the internet, which I think you guys are all of oh, that absolutely. generation, right? And oh, so yeah, yeah. you remember the flash soundboards, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. stuff was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like took our prank call game to such a whole new level because because you could prank call with Samuel L. Jackson and you didn't have to be good at doing an impression. You could just do it. Uh,
1: I have a little tear here. You've taken me back. I'm, I'm just, I'm 15 you, you did, again. You did prank it's, phone
0: calls with soundboards?
1: Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The statute
2: yeah. of limitations on that. It's well up. Uh, plus oh, okay. you were a minor. Yeah. 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 You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I'm picturing like, you know, like maybe a six, six column board and maybe five of the six columns are just, uh, oh God. You know, it's like the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, like the, the, vintage the car. crank up
3: car horn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, so is this in like dial up era? <laughs>
0: Oh
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: totally. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Or like late well, okay, let me let me define.
3: Okay, because I
0: because this is another unique And around, children. <laughs> come. Get around the Snapchat. Come around, on. Step. Chat Chat come on, kids. Let me tell you, uh, you know, another unique perspective of of being in the technology field but also Being from Arkansas is that it was in my dial-up era, which was not necessarily the dial-up era for the rest of the world. I had 2008. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) I
0: I wish Uh, Obama. Obama Obama had just been elected for a second time. Mm. Uh, Oh, that was the first. But the uh, yeah, so I had friends with cable modems. That was like a new thing. We had one friend with a cable modem, and he lived like right next to the high school, which was really bad. For the attendance of my group of friends in high school, who were big nerds, that like there was a, I think he had like a six megabit connection, like right across the street. So yeah. like we just didn't go to school anymore after that. It's um, just
3: one big LAN party for the rest of the year. So much of the, of the, the Wow, yeah, exactly. You know, this is this predates mm. Wow, right? Yeah. Wow was Warcraft.
0: that was the same group, right? But this was like Warcraft two uh diablo 2 like so this era and and socom on playstation 2 that was like the first like real console online game
1: i can show my age a little bit with with like i i remember a time um when uh you know we we got the computers and we put them on the phone lines and then uh I, i first thing i did was install napster on everything in the library yeah And uh, in our computer class, we were installing Diablo on everything. And it was an interesting time because, like, you know, our, our instructors, our teachers at the time didn't really understand the computers as much as we did. They knew they were a tool that could teach us things. And then pretty much just turned us loose on them like they had television, mm-hmm. and then and, and then you know, like a and then like an eight year
0: old AI. Yeah, you exploited the sandbox <laughs> exactly.
2: <Yeah. laughs> they,
3: yeah. they, exactly. They thought
1: you
2: were doing some hardcore word processing over
1: there. Yeah, and instead I'm just <laughs> you know updating my so my personal MPV MP3 library from from Napster. Man,
0: we um, you know we were in the. We were in a lot of the like Blizzard real-time strategy games. I think a lot of them at that time they were they were really two, uh, but yeah. so we were big StarCraft fans. Mm-hmm. And that original version of StarCraft was first of all, you know, in in education everything was Mac based, which was cool because we were in the Macs as kids. Um, in the Oregon Trail, <laughs> not Apple, not Apple twos, but. Uh, yeah, and so, so Blizzard was one of the few gaming game companies actually producing like AAA first class titles for the Mac, mm-hmm. and so we had StarCraft, we were all over it, and uh, StarCraft and Warcraft two both would let you uh, create what was called a spawn, which was like from your CD key because. Yeah, let me okay. Let me go back for the for the kids listening along at home. This was how you proved that you own software a like a sixteen digit number uh, came with your compact disc. Came, it was on the inside, hence the CDK uh, on key. the CD
1: ROM. Yeah,
0: man, I'll tell you right now, I have a Warcraft Two Battle.net edition CD key committed to memory. I won't bore you with it right now, but I could go write it on the board because we nice. spawned from that so many times, and so you could spawn an instance of the game that was a full copy of the game on a machine like multiple times and that game could join uh that client could join multiplayer games as long as the game was hosted by the original cd key of spawn. Does that spawns that makes weird
3: sense? so you had to input it multiple times
0: every time you installed the spawn you had to do it and we did it so many times that we had it committed to memory and so but what you would do is yeah because like the game client itself had no awareness of it Mm -hmm. like it wasn't it wasn't encoded in the game at all. it was just a copy of the files and then you had to tell it what cd key was like it used it almost as a pub key i assume to authenticate the game client and so we had spawned starcraft and warcraft 2 on like literally every computer in the school district because we worked we worked in this like early like before hours we came to we came to school an hour early to play with computers because we were super cool uh and so but in doing so we were like running patch cables and installing printers we had access to all the computer labs like by the end of probably about a 2 year period that that I am my older brother Cody who you guys know uh were we're in that program like in the entire district. I'm talking, about like, I'm talking about like 600 machines probably that all had. So anywhere you went, any class you were in, if you were in like the library or a computer lab or a science lab or something like that, there was like either the computer you were on and then one immediately adjacent to, we could jump in. And there was just like this constant ongoing StarCraft LAN party across the school district that nobody knew about. Nice. Uh, until one day, like no one got dispatched to a computer lab for work orders. For like maybe it was a day or two, I don't know. And then there was just like a system wide announcement of like, no one is to install anything on a on a school owned computer. Just a reminder as policy. And they all disappeared. And they were all gone. Yeah, we were found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was a good time.
1: It, yeah, it totally was, and that was kind of the same. You know, I didn't install Napster on as nearly as many machines, and I honestly can't remember if Diablo One had. Um, multiplayer support or not i remember mm-hmm. us just it gathering might around. have
0: had it diablo
1: 2 certainly did it diablo 2 definitely did I, I remember that it's all instant based, but yeah and doing kind of a similar thing with that with lamb parties and stuff with, with my uh, best friend growing up and and his brothers that were older mm-hmm. than us and um but you know the interesting thing is like you know then the whole controversy came out about napster and and the legality of file sharing and stuff, but like it came from an earnest place of just wanting to share, you know, is, is where that came from. And it was very perplexing. I remember them when the whole controversy comes up and, and, you know, and it became a thing where they were like, we have to define ownership over digital media now. And you know, because it was really just about like, oh, I really dig this song. Like, you should, you should too. Yeah, you know. And same with the game of like, and why it had the spawn key and stuff like that was like, well, now you have the game. You need to play it with your friends. Yeah. And here you go. And, and that's you're like, what, it, yes. yeah, it's exactly
0: what it was for. Yeah. It was like a, you know, um, we're not going to force you all to. Um, everyone buys the game to go like have a LAN party, multiplayer with your friends, and part of that, I you know, from like. A, the capitalist of me says like oh well they were looking at that from maybe a marketing standpoint but i don't think so it was just that was how you enjoyed the game mhm yeah. and I, it it was it was it had far far less utility right without As, doing so yeah. which yeah. is like yeah. such a juxtaposition where gaming is now which is like all of your friends all have to get together and if you want to play the game together you can but it, you collectively have to spend six hundred dollars. Yeah, but yeah. like, you want to play on that yeah. map? Well, you all have to buy that map independently, and that map the is seven dollars. Unless you get the season pass, which is where and you pay in
3: boxes and your yeah, skin
0: and you pay 100. a monthly fee to get access to the game. It's you know, just, a, just okay. an
2: eel on your bank account.
0: I'm just, this is going to turn into like a gaming rant because I don't do much gaming, but I do a. I, I, the tiniest bit these days. And I got really pissed off.
1: Casey, how do you feel about loot crates?
0: I'm not a huge fan, but honestly that one doesn't bug me as (laughs) much. You're playing the new hello kitty for PC. So, uh, uh, Microsoft bought the company that develops, uh, player unknowns battlegrounds. That's a Microsoft production now. And, uh, and so I bought this. I bought this game like way late into it. It was it was already a, a well established thing, but I bought it somewhat recently.
3: Oh, well, it was in beta for
0: like years. Well, when so. I bought it, it was still like a pre release or whatever it's called, like oh, a, a preview, yeah. right? And so I think I paid like thirty bucks for it, but it's a preview, right? Uh, But this is like a new style of launching games, obviously, is you go into a preview and people pay money for it, even though it's not done yet, but you get incremental updates and so on. It's it's not a bad way to do it. The problem is that the game finally, I bought it. I pay the preview money for it. The game's gone live now. Simultaneously, like the new Call of Duty game has Battle Royale in it, and I think it's just kicking the shit out of PUBG. And uh, and so Microsoft's like, well, now that the game's officially 1.0, we're going to give it away for free. And I'm like, whoa, can I have my 30 bucks back? Like I had to pay money for it when it was a pre-release, but now that it's done, it's
3: free. What the fuck? What was the time interval between you buying it and And then then doing the the free giveaway?
0: Uh, Maybe three weeks. Oh, I man. could probably raise this thing. I'm not going to, I'm just gonna bitch about it on this show. Yeah. There's some
2: consumer law you can probably pull it.
0: Are they based in California? See this would this is a total bin move <laughs> to like to get consumer law involved. No, I just want to complain about it. I don't, I don't want to actually do anything. Well, I got my thirty dollars out of it. It's, that's not the problem, right? I I don't mind paying the money. I would have paid more. It's it's actually a lot of fun. But it was just kind of like a it was a weird like way to you know, like Kick your, kick your players really hard. Right. Oh, it's just so different. It, was, it, it just brought me I just had that experience, and then we're talking about like Blizzard giving you a game and it's like, yeah, go spawn a copy of it on your friends' machines. What the hell else are you going to do with it? Like such a massive like 180 that industry's taken in, in, in like 12 years. You yeah.
2: know? I, I'll say I, I just generally struggle with the notion that software is worth money.
0: <laughs> That's why you run contracts for our business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I who's,
0: who's paying who's, you know the free open source software people would, would totally I'm, agree I'm, with I'm you a, I'm
2: a Foss Richard man. Stallman Richard would Stallman, be uh, all yeah, over yeah. at heart he, is, would, he uh, would say
0: that the value of software is not in the software itself but in the knowledge of creating it which is not that unlike what we're selling here right I mean we're, we're, we're a software consultancy we build software for clients and they, they pay us for the knowledge and, and time of doing it but also the software itself has value. See, like that's the part that I can't I can't take that next step of being like the software itself. That's why people are paying us money is because they're building an asset. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, because when we're done, uh, not only did we take our time and that time has value, but we also generated outsized return on that value because they now have something that can be sold and, and has Inherent value, right? Right, and not know. inherent
2: value, but it can be capitalized upon, right? That's like, right. Yeah it, yeah, it is something that, that in some it cases
0: is, inherent value, it is, but
2: it is generally something that is like mercantable. It is, it is a product. It is a product, and it, it can sit on a shelf, or it can, yeah. But it it is it is. Uh, I, I, I know where you're going. I know where you're going.
0: I just, I there's there's also extreme value in just making up words. I think <laughs> it's
2: like, look, look, I you know, I uh, there's uh, I'm improving making that's making what, lofty a safer place to. Work. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, yeah. It's just a Friday afternoon. Is that so? what the holes
3: a, in the wall were for? Yeah,
1: Safety. Uh, that's where he's, he's, that's he's. how you make it safe.
0: Making sure there aren't spiders. Mm. Stuffing uh, all the software I'm, money in, uh-huh. the, in the walls in there, uh-huh. lining, lining the walls with it. No, you can make a lot of money making up words. That's what omnichannel mm-hmm. is, right? I hear that word a lot around here. I'm pretty sure that that's just a billion dollar made up word.
3: I mean, it sounds really impressive too. Um, um, OmniDizing.
0: Omni, but yeah, do
2: some Omni-dizing. Um, <laughs>
0: I can't take that any further. That's, that's too close to home. We're going we to have to edit it out if we... Uh, yeah, those people are listening.
2: They're, they're hiding in the walls.
0: I feel bad. I, I saw
2: them. I, I carved out a hole and I saw them
0: <laughs> hiding in the walls. I feel bad for some of the people listening that are like, there's a, a just long string of inside jokes coming together, but hopefully... I don't know. I, I yeah. thought
2: you just meant you, you. feel sorry for their quality of life. I feel sorry for
0: a
3: lot of things. They've <laughs> chosen to tune into this, and mm. so that that speaks a lot. Well, if they listen for long enough, then they'll be on the inside too. Mm. That's true. Mm. That's this right. Is true. Yeah. That uh, that
0: jokes from episode negative one. Mm-hmm. And if you sign up for a Patreon. For forty dollars a month, we, we will send you we will behind send you the scenes footage, you
2: s- surveillance yeah. footage from our office,
0: <laughs>
1: which Ben is o- installing October. the equipment for.
0: Her. <laughs> October footage. It's just like it's just like fourteen hours of Ben <laughs> cutting holes in the drywall. <laughs>
2: it is uh, comes, comes in. A, it's it's kind of a thirteen reasons why scenario. We send you a an old Amazon box full of VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, man, okay, so I said that i wouldn't I, I said there was more of this coming I'm trying not to, to throw back too much to, We'll throw in way back to our last episode, but I did uh, when I was putting the show notes together for it uh, I Are had you to go still with, providing setup for for what you're still setting up your next? no, thing. I already set up mm. and yeah we already teed that one off <clears> no this is uh, this is uh yeah i I, I found the, I found the video on the mechanical computers thing that we had talked about. Uh, And linked to it. So I know, Alan, you had seen it. But, yeah, you guys should watch that guy. But uh, what's fun is when I I, I totally I just dove right back into it like I did the first time I saw it. And I don't know, it's it's like half an hour long and it's still fascinating. And then I went on this like um, um, a YouTube tornado, which is like a Wikipedia tornado. I love those. Wikipedia tornadoes are fun. They always end. Up, I always end up like on. Wait, on. what's
3: a Wikipedia tornado? So that's
0: where um, you know. For me, I, uh, I, you, you. It doesn't matter where I start, but. Um, Okay, so you know, there's like like five or six degrees to Hitler or whatever that is. Yeah, um, there's yeah. there's definitely truth in that because of what a what a, what a monumentous event World War II was. So no matter what I start on, within about two steps, I've made it to some portion of World War II history, mm. right? Uh, but then through there, it usually ends up like in some weird like astrophysics, like astronomy thing. Like I start at like what is the population of the Minneapolis Saint Paul MSA? And I end at like, oh my God! There's rogue planets that like aren't in a solar system, just floating is, around. At is there. the
2: Manhattan Project kind of a pivotal point? It like you you. It doesn't yeah, always. That's a that's, <laughs> a, that's a that's a station you, you make you transfer. It's, it. it's not a hub, if yeah. that's what
0: you mean. But but I have gone through there a few times. So you're just wandering
3: on Wikipedia, just like on links. just like uh, get a lot of time on his hands.
0: Yeah, just like just like they want me to do, and I'm just like following every link I get to. I mean, them. you can and, make a
3: game out of it, honestly, if you think of a place you're trying to go. And then try and, then and find a path to exactly it. Well, that's what the, the six degrees of late. Hitler six, is. Yeah. It's like yeah. start on any random yeah.
0: topic, and but see, World War II is so big, it's very easy. That's that's a, that's an easy game to win. It's hard to lose that one. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a Wikipedia tornado. Okay.
2: I it it's pricey because you're you know, you're donating ten dollars every every new page load just to get the because <laughs> I got what's the name's face <laughs> yeah. like It's, it's getting
3: me. gradually
2: more intrusive. That's gotten yeah. worse over the it's years. Like, it, it is the entire like above the fold now. Yeah. The colors
3: are getting brighter too. What's,
2: what's his name? He's he they always... have an HTML blink tag around the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: always he's always giving you the sand puppy dog he's, eyes.
2: Uh, he's I got like think. a he's, he's got a little bit of a like a, a, a Liam Neeson with some stubble.
0: Thing going on. That's not how I remember Mm. it, but maybe I'm blind to it. I have like mental (laughs) ad block. But anyway, that's a Wikipedia tornado. YouTube tornado is the same thing, except only with video. And you go through like much less consequential things it's not like the history of the world instead it's like a video of like someone you know like taking a phone out of a box and you're like
2: oh here's how i clean my
0: house yeah yeah so i went on this uh (laughs) uh i went on this uh you know i I started diving into related videos but uh you know youtube tornadoes are dangerous because there's like that weird side of YouTube. Have you ever ended oh, up on yeah. the weird side? Oh, yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. knows what I'm talking I, about.
1: I did just now. I'm, <laughs> there. I'm there right now. Uh,
0: so uh, before I got to the weird end of YouTube, uh, I did find like some modern implementations of these mechanical computers, and so I'm going to put some more links. But like I was telling you about this one earlier today, Alan, someone had had built um they had built an adder, uh, so it would be like the portion of like a uh, of a like a math processing unit that simply all it does is addition of integers. Uh, and they had built it out of connects uh, with the connects motors and, and stuff. And it's like, it's, it's like six feet tall and uh, it's got all of these different like gear systems working together. And so he's, he's built like, I don't, I'm, I got my hands in front of me. You can't see it on, if you're listening, but like, I don't know, maybe like um, like eight inches long, four inches tall, like kind of uh, prism, uh, Sized thing that is like an and gate and a couple others that are relays and, and transistors, and they're all rigged together And it like it takes so it operates but it takes so long to work like it's it's uh, it's bound by The speed of the input motors of, of how fast all of the mechanisms can, can work together And it really just like tied something together for me Uh which is, like, I'm fa- I don't have an electrical engineering background. I'm fascinated by how those systems work. But, like, actually seeing it in the context of a mechanical system, of, like, what the input is doing to change the output and what moves it through just, like, makes it so much more tangible. So... I had to remember how the
1: spell connects... But K I N E X, um, yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I just uh but yeah, this is uh this is hardcore.
0: Oh man, Paige page like page walked in the living room and I'm I'm sitting here, I'm watching this like twenty minute long video of a Kinex machine like adding stuff together and I'm like covering my phone and she's like, What are you watching over there? Like it's not important. <laughs> you know? Uh, he, like takes up his whole room. Yeah. I was hiding it. I was like, I got all red faced and embarrassed. She was like, Jesus <laughs> While I'm putting our kid to bed, you know, and I'm like, it's it's connects, okay, but yeah. but can, I'm still embarrassed. Can we offer some
2: kind of bounty to the the dev team if they can, if someone can put together, can can replicate that using only Lincoln logs? That mm. would be really, that would be really impressive,
0: really quite impressive. Uh. Well, and it, so the interesting thing is, it takes a long to actually crank out a value, and and it's because of the speed of the motors that are triggering everything, and so like. You know, there's certain, you have an input speed that's constant, basically, and then you have certain mechanics in that are cycling. It can only like tick, if you will, uh, once per second. And then there's something that needs like three or four ticks to do its computation. And it like, for the first time ever, I really felt like I understood the basis of clock speed, mm-hmm. right? And what that does to a system and that like. Hertz and yeah, all that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like the, the the speed at which. Um, you can make the base machine turn like is you you elevate that you elevate the output of the entire machine for for most purposes right and so I don't know it was just really cool and that was a really cool modern description this is something that was done in in modern time as opposed to those other videos that were back in the 50s and 60s but um, so people are still
1: doing this and it's really cool and it's a really cool Lego one too
0: yeah Yeah. so if like just advice if, if if you're like me and you don't fundamentally like understand the core electronics of computers. Um, looking at it from this mechanical perspective, like totally just like I don't know something about it being physical in nature. Like I it just immediately clicked for me uh, in a way that it never has before, and that was super cool.
2: You got the, the Rube Goldberg hamsters uh, inside every computer. I mean, just like it. It's it, abstracted it, away.
0: It kind of mm-hmm. it'll surprise you, right? Because you see him doing this, and you're and it, it is it is kind of a Rube Goldberg. D- Goldberg device. There's just like this unending source of mechanical in- energy going into the system and and by by controlled accident things are falling over into other things, triggering systems to go off, and it's in this entire controlled way, but it's all just chaos, right, being filtered. And the output is that a little bit of the chaos comes out in some way that can be measured, and that's your calculation. And like um and so it's not unlike a whole bunch of hamsters in a wheel. Um, Except
2: Doc Brown doesn't have his toaster at the
0: end. That's right. <laughs> and and but then but then you see it and you see this physical transistor that he's built and you see what it's doing in the machine. It's just on and off toggling basically on, in controlled intervals. And then you realize that like a modern processor is just a trillion of those working in concert, all like actually etched into silicon. And like that's amazing. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're excited, especially to get some other people on the show. And so, if you're interested in coming and, and sitting down with uh, our group on, on microphone number four over there, uh, let us know. Uh, you probably know how to reach us if you're a current listener, but, uh, we'll, we'll get, we don't even have like an email address for the show set up. I'm going to work on that. And, uh, you know what? Just send it. To, you can you can contact us at podcast at com, which doesn't exist yet, but it will by the time you hear this. Ben's working on it right now. I see him. So cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.
3: Yep.
1: Friday afternoon deploy is recorded at the offices of Lofty Labs here in Fayetteville, Arkansas in the Mill District.